Hello everybody, my name is Ankozy. Welcome to the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. This week, we're going to talk about two horror movies. First horror movie is one that is a 50-year sequel to the original, which is The Exorcist Believer. The second horror movie is another in the Jigsaw classic series, Saw X. So, let's get into it. It's interesting to think that it's been 50 years since the original Exorcist movie has come out. Realistically, it's a horror classic, the original at least. It spawned so many imitators and pretenders. It's even in the Library of Congress being considered an important film and an important step in cinema. If you've seen the original Exorcist, it has to deal with, really, the title, an exorcism. It's very on the nose. It's a Catholic priest or two dealing with a possessed little girl whose soul has been taken over by a demon, and it's their attempts to save that girl. Well, unlike other movies that are very successful this was really a one-off this movie didn't have any sequels or anything like that which made it stand out even more on a horror context generally when it comes to horror movies if you are successful once you usually go back to that well to be successful over and over and over again mainly because either the storyline is incredibly interesting or the device used for that storyline is so interesting. We see that with countless slashers that have come out, as well as just remakes of that original movie. And for The Exorcist, that really hasn't happened. So, 50 years later, for there to be a direct sequel to the original movie and I'll get into what I mean by direct in a second it really is actually very interesting so let's dive into this movie and see does it actually deserve to be tied into the original exorcist or is this a possession of a franchise that didn't need to be a franchise in the first place. So let's get into it. Now, The Exorcist Believer actually does something that not a lot of movies do in the horror genre, and that is, I think it actually gives a really semi-touching opening in that it takes place, it's in... Port-au-Prince in Haiti and what you see in the beginning is you see a couple who are in love are not actually doing any of the dumb or weird things that you would see in horror movies. You're seeing one person who's exploring the culture, who's trying to immerse themselves in how things are and you see another person who's out there doing touristy things. He's taking a lot of photos. He's got a very professional camera, so you can make the assumption that he does this a lot. And 
What happens afterwards, of course, is tragic because an earthquake comes. And that earthquake quickly hurts everyone. And the husband finds the wife. She's pinned under some rubble. And it's even doubly hurtful because, hey, the wife is pregnant. And he's confronted with the choice of, hey, we can't save both of them. We can't save your child and the mother because of the conditions we're in. So I need you to pick one. The movie then does a hard cut to 13 years later and we see the husband there with his child. And when he's with his child, he's seen as a doting father who's there with his curious daughter who wants to connect more with her mother, a woman she never really got to learn because, as we could take from context clues, she died. He then allows the daughter to go out and hang out with friends, and obviously from there, after her hanging out with friends, something tragic happens. So I'll give props to this movie for a couple of things. Number one, I think it played the entire beginning part as realistic and as grounded as any horror movie will play it. Every decision that was made by the main characters and by the parents made sense based off not only what a regular adult would do, but based off their cultural leanings or even their spiritual leanings. So the father, who's played by Leslie Odom Jr., he's very pragmatic. You can tell from how he works throughout the movie. So he's asking questions. He's trying to figure out what's going on with his daughter, especially when things aren't looking great. When Leslie Odom Jr., whose character's name is Victor, when his daughter goes missing, Angela, who's played by uh, Lydia Jewett, he's asking a lot of questions, trying to figure out what's going on. You also find out that his daughter went missing with another girl, Catherine, who's played by Olivia O'Neill. And I found the interactions between Victor's character and Catherine's parents, who are played by Norbert Leo Butts and Jennifer Nettles, to be not only human, but make a lot of sense. At no point was I questioning what was happening. These were parents who cared about their children who were questioning and saying, well, who are you? I don't know you. Our daughter is popular. Where are you coming from? And these parents are at each other's throats when their children go missing. And it makes perfect sense why that would happen. Nobody is acting in a way that's not only suspicious, but also unrealistic. It's all very human. In fact, I would say that up until the beginning of the movie, from the point when we find the girls again, as we see in the trailer, this movie is incredibly grounded and it plays out just like you would find in any uh, missing person movie or parent loses child movie. Once we get past that, however, this movie makes sure you know something supernatural happened. 
I don't know what it is about young women being possessed by the supernatural that can make a situation creepy, but I'll give big props to Lydia Jewett and Olivia O'Neill. They are creepy when they are meant to be creepy. When the weird stuff starts happening, it freaks everyone out. Now, I especially liked when uh, Angela was interacting with Victor because their interactions felt like, oh, this is not normal. This is not how, especially in a black family, you're thinking, no, this is not how people would interact with each other. Something is going on. Something is wrong here. And when Catherine really started going through it, you felt the confusion and the pain coming from Jennifer Nettles and Norbert Leo Butts's character. It all felt very, very organic, and I really did appreciate that. Now, after things start going crazy, of course, people have to figure out what the heck is going on. So, through plot device McPlock device, who's played by Ann Dowd, who, she's a nurse, she's Victor's neighbor, but let's be honest, she is plot device McPlock device. She directs Victor, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, to Chris McNall, who is, of course, the mother from the original Exorcist Believer movie, which I really did enjoy seeing her. I like seeing roles for women who are older in movies. We really need to get past the whole, you know, women having to keep their looks for so long because less roles are for them. I like that we had her in this movie. And through her, of course, we learn about the events of the first movie, as well as that her daughter no longer speaks to her because she wrote a book about what happened, as well as some research, and that book went big. So, these two are no longer on good terms. Now, after that, we are diving straight into, hey, how do we fix these girls, and the whole point of the movie, which is exorcism. So, how do we exorcise the demons from these two girls? Because now we got two, not just one. So, another thing I really liked about The Exorcist is I actually gave The Exorcist Believer another name, which is The Exorcist Secular Edition, or The Exorcist Non-Denominational Edition. Because in this movie, as they state many times... You know, you have a Chris character. She says, hey, there are a lot of different faiths out there. And a lot of different faiths have things about exorcisms. So, what Leslie Odom Jr. does is say, hey, let's let's get some of these religions together to take this out. To try and exorcise these girls. Which is exactly what they do. They get not only people from the Christian faith. They get people from Christian faith, from Catholic faith, as well as some African faith systems as well. To really try 
and drive out the demons in these girls. Now, I actually liked uh, the faith leaders. One was played by Raphael Sabarge. If you've seen his face, you know that you've seen him in other things. He's a very well-known uh, character actor. He's been in Hollywood for years. I really like his stuff. You have uh, E.J. Bonilla. He plays Father Maddox. And he plays a role in this movie. I'm not going to say what kind of role it is. That would be uh, revealing too much. I also like that we get uh, Okwi... I'm not even going to try and butcher this woman's name. Whatever you feel, she is really, really good in this movie. Playing an oncologist turned African faith leader and helping out these two girls. And I thought all the faiths kind of got their own place to shine, which was weird. Also, I'm just going to say, for me, it was kind of heartwarming that every faith was being considered equal. Like, I walked out of this movie and I said, I didn't expect to get a uplifting message about how religions are equal in a exorcist movie. Didn't expect that. Okay. I'm not mad at it, though. <laughs> um, so... Like I said, I really did like that part of the movie. Now, the thing that happens at the end, funny enough, I talked with my partner about this, and I said, hey, I gave them a situation, and I said, a demon asks you to choose between two children, your child and another child, and they say, whichever one you choose one will live and the other will die. And I said, well, what choice do you think uh, the parents of these two children would make? And of course, my partner responded with one option. And I said, yes, that is exactly what happened. Then I asked, well, who do you think if something were to change would change it? And my partner guessed that one as well, which is kind of part of the bad of this movie. This movie is very formulaic, and it is very, very obvious. The story is not twist and turns. It's more like just steps down a very formulaic path. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is what it is. Also, another thing... The Exorcist, the original Exorcist, when it came out, was considered an incredibly scary movie. Now, I grew up in an age with a lot of horror movies. So, when I looked at the original Exorcist movie, it was more campy and creepy than it was actually scary. This movie, I think, actually holds up to that because it's campy and it's very creepy if you are looking for a scary movie, however, this movie is not going to be for you. You get some scenes of some maybe slightly shocking things. This movie is not trying to scare you. It is being very upfront. Supernatural stuff is happening. These girls are possessed. 
this isn't trying to mess with your head and make you think are these girls possessed are these girls not possessed which was a part of the exorcist people weren't sure if it was just going crazy or if it was an actual exorcism this movie isn't trying to hide that fact from you so it can take away from people who really want exorcism and that idea that no one believes that you are being possessed even though you are being possessed so it if you're trying to go down that route you're not going to be happy if you're going down the route of this is trying to tell a story that deals with exorcism instead of I want to have that doubt of are you being excised is this all in your head if you can go down the first one instead of the second one I think you'll have a much better time if you're going down the second one however like I said this movie is not going to make you happy also another just gripe I'm going to have about this movie and again this didn't hamper my enjoyment but this is a legitimate point that needs to be made this movie does nothing to combat the length of its runtime which can run a little long this movie is an hour and 51 minutes I felt like this movie could have probably been 10 minutes shorter and maybe a little bit tighter so take that what you will now at the end of the day when I looked at this movie the way I felt about it was pretty simple I thought this movie was really fun I thought the practical and special effects were great you know it had a nice little tie into the original without being beholden to the original I liked that it had non-denominational stuff I liked that it was actually putting other religions on equal footing with others I thought the acting was solid from top to bottom so I really enjoyed this movie and as a movie I would put this actually in you know fine dining because I really enjoyed this movie just as a movie in terms of the horror genre this would be a fast food nothing against the movie I like it as a movie this is one of those movies where I feel like it was probably miscategorized in that this is more of a drama not a horror movie if I look at this movie this movie is being trumpeted as horror supernatural I would put it as drama supernatural because the horror is few and far between so if you're looking for this to be your next great horror movie you're going to be massively disappointed if you go into this sight unseen just trying to go see a good movie I think you're going to find a good movie I do not think if you're a horror fan you're going to find a great horror movie though so I give it a fine dining with the understanding that this is not a horror movie but I did enjoy it so I would love to hear what you guys think 
let me know in the comments or anything like that did you love it did you hate it did you think oh my god no or did you walk out of there like I thought where I got some really interesting and uplifting ideas from an exorcist movie let me know in the comments the Saw franchise is one of the most interesting horror franchises out there and it's interesting really for several reasons number one it's a relatively new franchise I mean you think about it it's only happened in the past 20 years which when you think about the big big horror franchises you're talking about Freddy and Jason or even some older ones that are still considered great like Leatherface or Mike Myers these are all 20 plus years old these have like 30 40 years on them meanwhile the first Saw movie didn't come out until 2004 so we haven't even hit 20 years yet on this entire franchise but I think one of the biggest reasons why the Saw franchise is so interesting is how they frame their lead torturer and of course that means I'm talking about Jigsaw aka John Kramer the Saw franchise is the only franchise I've seen where they want to have it both ways they want to have an antagonist that is brutal that is efficient that will go out of their way to mess with and put his victims in terrible positions however you could also say that to many in the Saul universe as well as in real life they would consider him a hero but that number is very very small but if you did want to make a Saw movie where John Kramer comes off as the good guy how would you make that kind of movie where he comes off as I'm not the bad guy here I'm not nearly as bad as the other people who I'm torturing and killing and making them cut off parts of themselves well that is the question that Saw X chooses to answer can you make your lead torturer the character that does so much to so many people can you make them sympathetic or not well let's dive in and see if Saw X accomplishes that goal so the first parts of this movie are pretty common we are experiencing you know John Kramer as played by the actor Tobin Bell and he is going through cancer treatment you know he's got terminal cancer he's just managing the situation there's no thing about getting better also we see that he's going to support groups he's being a decent person I guess I mean 
you definitely see where he can be devious from one early Saw situation that they put him in where he definitely turns into Jigsaw. But they also go out their way to show that he isn't going to just kill people because he wants to kill people. He only is going to punish people who deserve it. So he's just managing things. He's going through the motions. So when he gets an idea that, hey, there might be a way to save myself, to reduce my cancer so that way I could live longer, he jumps on it with both hands. And in jumping on it, he travels outside the country to an untested procedure because the government and the powers that be don't want to cure the disease. They just want to manage it. And if all this, the description that I'm giving you, sounds like it's too good to be true, well, you're smarter than Jigsaw because it is too good to be true. The people who he deals with, and you'll know this from the trailers, they're not on the up and up. They are out to steal. They're out to fleece them and leave. The problem is they didn't do their homework and they have fleeced Jigsaw. So now Jigsaw's coming after him. John Kramer is mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. In fact, he's just going to take parts of your flesh if you're lucky. If you're not lucky, then guess what? He is going to kill you. But he'll always say, I'm not the one killing you. You didn't act fast enough for you to live. Now, let's let's go into the good, I guess, of this movie. Um, this is a Saw movie. So what that means is that this movie is hyper violent it's going to be hyper violent there's nothing that you can say for it not to be hyper violent hyper violence is a part of the saw movies body horror is a part of the saw movies so if you're coming to the movie for that you're in great hands because that's what you're going to get you are going to get a hyper violent body horror movie just as in line with other Saw movies. You're going to see limbs get torn off in painful manners. You're going to see people die in increasingly difficult and painful ways. So if you can't handle that, this is not the movie for you. Watching this movie, I definitely remembered, oh, this is why I don't necessarily watch the Saw movies for the most part because I'm not a big fan of this type of horror. I can do psychological horror. I could do supernatural horror. I could do all of those things. I'm not a huge fan of ultra-violent body horror horror movies. I 
knew that about myself and this movie just reinforced it it's a lot of blood people are going to get dismembered or people are just going to get torn apart so that way others can gain a uh, advantage so if you're comfortable with that great you're in the right place if you're not comfortable with it you need to not see this movie just for your own sake also I will say the acting wasn't that bad I'm gonna give a huge shout out to Tobin Bell here this is probably the movie where he has the biggest impact in terms of not only as Jigsaw and just saying I want to play a game or stuff like that really we get extended moments where he's just like I'm just a regular person I'm not trying to kill people I'm just a regular guy enjoying myself being a human being and I will say this he probably had a couple of the biggest laughs in the movie mainly from people asking him hey what do you do and he would just say oh I'm a life coach biggest laugh in the movie I mean Saw isn't a comedy but I have to acknowledge when there's laughs that people chuckle at so there's that also I'll give a big shout out to the props and the CGI department there's a lot of practical effects that are happening that went really well there's also a bunch of CGI that's happening and that also went incredibly well so they were able to layer the prosthetics and the fake bodies and all that stuff incredibly well just as well as they were able to lend some of their CGI moments so I really I really appreciated that the CGI wasn't as big as it could have been so I'm I'm really happy that they went that way instead of others now I've said some positive things about the movie so don't get on me when I start transitioning to the negative as in now this movie is both annoying and predictable and what do I mean by that I mean this movie is annoying simply because you can see from beginning to end there are certain characters in this movie that I felt no fear for because I knew oh these people aren't gonna die they're gonna be just fine or I felt hey these people are really really dumb you could have just left it alone but the characters moved through they got all of their ducks in a row so when they get what's coming to them you don't feel bad also one of the biggest annoying parts of this movie is the fact that they try and make John Kramer sympathetic that's one thing I've never really understood about the Jigsaw Saw franchise Jigsaw is not a sympathetic character what you should show is that Jigsaw 
Munchausen syndromes or you know I don't know the phrase for when the captor identifies with the person who captured them but this is that that's all that's happening this isn't some grand plan where in the lore of this world Jigsaw is helping people tap in to who they are. No. Jigsaw is just a dude that snapped a while ago who people now look up to because he is killing people in such inventive ways that everyone just takes notice. Also, just gonna say it now, I am not a huge fan of all the callbacks to previous movies that happen in this. Like, the Jigsaw slash Saw cinematic universe is, it feels like it's scraping the barrel. Like, I'm, I'm fine if you just want to move on. Maybe get some new acolytes. Stop bringing back the old ones time and time and time again. Because it just gets boring. That's how I feel personally. It just gets boring. Another thing that I was really annoyed by in this movie was just how obvious everything was. I talked about it earlier, but I feel like we need to talk about it again. You could tell that there was a plan from within 10 minutes into the movie not 10 minutes but once Jigsaw figures out that he's being double crossed or that he's being scammed you can tell he has worked out all the steps in order to get everybody so that was the part that I really didn't understand in the end honestly I think they failed at their original premise in trying to make Jigsaw relatable. They just made a Jigsaw that is less relatable. Like, by making a dude that's like, hey, I am not, you know, I'm not, I'm feeling bad for you because you are just had this cancer and they're supposed to cure you and they didn't do anything and they just took your money like jigsaw justifying oh i'm doing this because you stole money from me it's not that it didn't make sense towards his mo it's just there's one scene where he gains i guess a new quote-unquote disciple and when they show this new disciple, I knew that they weren't going to die. I also knew, well, obviously this person is in on it, so I'm not going to feel very, you know, sad about them dying. It just, it felt weird. It felt like they're trying so hard through every single turn of this series to make jigsaw this gray this character that operates in the gray when 
he just operates in black and white. Like, Jigsaw is the kind of killer who would design elaborate traps just because you did a rolling stop at a stop sign. Also, Jigsaw is such a elaborate and just unnecessary person that I guess my biggest gripe is one of the biggest kills in this movie and it's the kill that's on the actual poster and here I'm actually going to give spoilers that kill is nowhere in the actual movie hear what I mean that kill is a hundred percent in Jigsaw's head because he sees somebody steal some stuff and he's like "Ooh, I got the perfect way to kill you and just like this is how I do it then the guy sees him puts the stuff back and he's like good choice and I'm like Jesus like it's not that I'm mad that he put the stuff back I'm just saying that's all it takes for you to kill somebody my god what happens if somebody doesn't hold the door open for him when he goes through and he's like oh he holds the door open somebody didn't say please i would like to play a game since you did not say please to me you will now plead for your life like that's this i this is why i really don't love jigsaw i i respect his hustle his entire basis of i only punish people who've done bad for me is completely wiped out by the many times that he does wrong by people just because they were in the vicinity so i don't want this to go off like a rant on the saw franchise in general so what i'm gonna say is that this is a low home-cooked meal for me it's a hyper violent saw movie which is exactly what you want with just enough story and self-righteousness to pull it along even though the characterization and the story is so weak that you could see everything that's going to happen before it happens so take with that what you will i would love to hear your guys thoughts or maybe you have a more positive saw experience than i do so tell me what's your favorite saw death i would love to hear that so let's move on to just the final topic and this is really just off the cuff and that is when this podcast comes out the taylor swift eras tour movie concert movie is going to be in theaters so i only have a suggestion for people who are going to see this movie now amc has already given out suggestions and i'm not going to go against them you know if you want to sing if you want to dance if you want to enjoy yourself that I think is perfectly valid and you should do that if you're feeling it 
we all express ourselves when we're enjoying something and I put concert films in a different place than watching like an Avengers movie or something like that. Concert films, you're going there to enjoy it with people just like you would in an actual concert. So singing along, dancing to the songs, that's that's more than understandable. The only suggestions that I would give anybody who's going to do that is very simple. Number one, if you want to dance in your chair and you're sitting down, perfect. If you want to dance in the aisle on the steps, that's also fine. Be mindful if you're going to get up and dance in front of your seat if someone else isn't is behind you which I imagine so because a lot of these showings are going to be sold out only reason I say that is because you don't know if somebody who is sitting down maybe they have a hard time getting up so maybe they don't want to stand throughout an entire concert film that's that's just me just be mindful of the people around you and my second one and this this one actually is important remember movie theaters are not designed like concert stadiums what do I mean by that what I mean is that movie theaters are designed to house people people who are sitting for a while concerts are designed for that but they're also designed for people to get up, jump, do everything they can to have a good time. So just keep in mind that if you feel like I'm going to run and jump and shout, make sure you're doing it at a movie theater that's a little bit more modern and not, let's say, an older movie theater. Because depending on the movie theater, it could be an older movie theater and it might not be able to handle every single person in there dancing up and down for hours on end and like I said this is just a thought not telling you what to do I'm just saying be mindful of your surroundings have fun and you know I hope this concert film which I will be reviewing next week is as fun to Taylor Swift fans as the actual Eras Tour was to Taylor Swift fans. So, outside of that, I think we can just uh, wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to me, you can... Find me in several places. You can contact me on Twitter at Two Sides Coin. You can find us on Instagram at Two Sides of a Coin. That's T W O S I D E Z of a Coin, all one word. You can email us at Two Sides Podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to the podcast on Podbean, on Spotify, and also on Apple Podcasts. So, We hope to really hear from you guys 
I love to hear and discuss anything you guys want to talk about, and we'll talk to you later.